0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Roldorf Cafe Podcast. Really, really cool. Especially doing it down here in Gastown in Smokeville right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's getting quite brutal out there. I know. Uh, Yeah. Like, I couldn't imagine what it's like in Portland. So if any listeners are down there in Portland, we are so sorry really really are but you can feel sorry for us too because you're giving us a gift we never asked yeah no not a big fan of it but I guess we have to
1: take it in this in this stance
0: indeed so um, so yeah so uh, we we came up with this idea to to get things uh, started again um, about frequently asked questions Um, oh man yeah the questions we get sometimes are uh
1: Kind of funny for us watchmakers that kind of, uh, I'd say maybe know a little bit more than the average person about watches
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah it, it, yeah we get ludicrous stuff we really <laughs> <do> <laughs> yeah but we've, we've kind of put together ten today uh, ten questions that come up quite a bit they're not so ludicrous but, uh, but some of them may uh, maybe funny but uh, yeah so anyway let, let's start off with yeah. one one quick thing uh, that was a, a bit of a tradition is doing uh, a uh um uh, quick wrist check so uh, um, <laughs> are, you, are you wearing a watch uh yeah fantastic that's a good start are you i i i am oh yeah, it's, nice yeah it's looks nice. good thanks <laughs> yeah, thank you yeah it feels good too yeah yeah, it's, it's a nice feel yeah um does yours have a date
1: uh yeah it does. yeah it does you know what it could be today's date it couldn't be i don't know yeah I didn't set it
0: but hey. uh that's all right. <laughs> it's okay. Exactly. As for mine, well, it used to have a date, but uh, we took the date out. Ah, so, so okay. So it no longer has a date. It doesn't have a moon phase. It just it <laughs> tells time at least twice a
1: day. Twice a day correctly. <laughs> That's all you need. That's all you need.
0: <sighs> okay, so um, Yeah, so one, one of the first um, One of the first questions that comes up An awful lot is How long should a watch Battery last? Oh man
1: So it can be A tricky question, I guess It can be I A yeah, kind of, yeah. number of factors involved there, right? Yes, a ton of factors actually Yeah <laughs> Like the, how long I guess, like how long has that movement been working in your watch? Yeah. Like something that you'll get, like, I don't know, uh, like if you got a brand new quartz watch as opposed to a quartz watch that's that you've had for like 20 years or something like that. It's gonna, it's gonna be completely different.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. It's gonna be quite different. The reason for that. Is there's there's quite a few quite a few things, and this is something that that you know we can get quite hung up talking to to customers for hours and hours yeah. and hours because it really does get kind of nerdy. <laughs> yeah, it does. It really does. But ultimately, it's it's all about drain. Yes. How, yeah. how that that mechanism. Um, is actually draining the battery. Is it draining it quickly because there's a lot of friction mm-hmm. uh, and and stuff like that? So ultimately, that that's the the root of it, I think, um, in in the battery. So for most Swiss uh, Swiss watches, sort of batteries will last uh, when they're new. You know, up to about eighteen months. Yeah, yeah that's, that's fair. a typical thing. Some Japanese batteries, I guess. Um, Will be anywhere from three years, maybe even five years. Yeah. Yeah. And that has nothing to do with, you know, eco type watches. They don't have batteries there. They have uh, capacitors. So so that's that's a slightly different thing. Mm -hmm. So I guess as the watch ages, lubricants dry up, there's more friction. Therefore, the motor in the watch is going to be working quite a bit harder. Yeah, a lot harder. Draining draining the battery.
1: Also, yeah, I've seen a lot of people also, they tend to, like if they have a quartz chronograph watch, they tend to always have their chronograph on. What is that? I don't don't understand. It's supposed to be a glorified egg timer. And that's all you need it to be. That's it. You don't need to have it on all
0: the time. But I just never got it. I never got it. Maybe it's because people are, are very used to center seconds watches. And oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. The center seconds watch uh, is, is, is cool, but in a chronograph, typically, you've got an offset seconds. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd have the chronograph hat. So people like to know their watch is working at a glance, maybe by having that. That second, the chronograph and run operating as a second side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, easy. I don't know, but it's, uh, yeah. So if you want your quartz chronograph to, uh, battery life to last uh, <laughs> a, a little bit longer, hey, don't have your chronograph running <laughs> all, all the time. time. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So um, another thing that I've seen um, over the years is that um, movements. Your standard Swiss movement um, in an average Swiss watch um, will have will have sort of a, a lifetime of about eight years. That's eight good, to 12. Hey. That's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we're, we're still seeing Gucci watches and stuff like that from the 80s, early 90s. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, with the same movement in them. Mm-hmm. Um, but on average, I would say eight, eight to 12 years. But during that that period of time, the uh, the battery will start to the battery period will start to be less and, less and less and less so the closer you get to eight years the more likely the chance that your battery is only going to last eight months for example yeah that's um, fair yeah that makes sense so it's working is, harder it's working harder yeah. over time so so these are, these are some of the these are some of the reasons why your battery will only last uh, uh, a certain period of time. So there's no dif- real definitive answer, yeah. I
1: think we can say to mm-hmm. that. No clear answer. Yeah, that's fair. All yeah. right. All right. And then second question on the list. Is Rolex really worth the money? <laughs> <laughs> this.
0: This is going to get long. <laughs> whenever, I, whenever somebody comes up and asks me that question, I think, I think they're not actually looking for my reaction, but there always is a reaction. Of course, there has to I be think a reaction. I, I kind of recoil a little. Bit. Yeah. Oh yeah,
1: yeah. You just got to think about it and see what you got to say. So, what do you think? What
0: are your thoughts on that?
1: Oh man. Um, oh no. <laughs> Personally, not a not a Rolex guy to begin with, but just to see all the hype around it, I don't I don't think it's there. I don't think it's worth the money. I think you can probably get well, in my opinion, you can get nicer watches at lower price points, and um, it it just kind of doesn't make sense to me. I mean. You can have, I like, I totally get the in-house movement. Rolex has always been a great brand. Like I'm not bashing them at all. They are fantastic watches, but personally, I don't think it's worth the money. Uh, I would rather go a different route, something that I have never seen before. Um, Just something that you don't see in the watch world that often. I mean, there are tons of watches that. Well, how much? How much is like a new sub?
0: Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I, it's somewhere. Uh, I think it's somewhere close to about ten grand, right? Yeah. See, that's that's
1: ten thousand dollars. You could build an entire watch collection with ten thousand dollars. That that is completely doable. I kind of like to see. Some different stuff. I, I don't want to see your. I don't want to see a sub. Um, as much as I love, I, you know what? I would I would. Like Speedmasters, for example. Mm -hmm. They're like two, three thousand. That is amazing. I love it. I love the movement in there. That's a nice watch. But now you still have what, like seven thousand dollars left? I mean you can still you can still branch out and go with some of these like cooler micro brands that you don't see all the time. So let me change the dynamic there a little bit. If you were looking at Rolex oh, yes. as being the one one. Okay, no, definitely not. Uh, I don't think it's worth the money. Really? No. I mean, it's nice to work on, but I don't. If I was a billionaire, I don't think I would have a Rolex. No. There you
0: go. Kino has stated <laughs> it right
2: now.
1: <there.
0: laughs> right here, you heard it. You heard it first. Yeah. So I don't know. This, this for me, this is a, a very, a very interesting question. There was a time where I think uh, Rolex were were fairly priced for the quality of the watches that uh, that were being produced, mm-hmm. and within within the uh, numbers that they were being produced. So I think if you go to price to production ratio, I think. Um, they were worth the money because when you think about all the R&D that goes, that went into early movements, even the the, the 10 series movements, the 15 series movements, um, and then rolling on into 30 series movements, there's, there's some very, very dramatic changes. And I know from, from an R&D perspective, uh, that can be very pricey. However, um, now... I think Rolex has become um, sort of uh, a mass-produced luxury. Mm-hmm. So, so there is certainly a change in in the entire dynamic for the cost, Like I like I said, I think given the production numbers in in uh, the fifties, sixties, seventies, for example, <laughs> I think I think the watches were probably uh, fairly priced um now it's now it's changed and i think that i don't think people realize realize this but people do love rolex and i think mm-hmm. that there's a number of A number of reasons why I think brand equity is 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 a huge thing because the Rolex name is just synonymous with having made it um, being being a a very very robust, well built um, quality timepiece. So I think that if you're if you're tacking on dollars to that perception, I think that. yeah, probably. If, you know, in some people's eyes, it really is worth the money. But you are absolutely right. You can buy a <laughs> lot of watches uh, for uh, that, that are really, really nice watches um for for the price of of a rolex um i'm not going to get into the availability of rolex given the production and stuff like that because that that, that's 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 an issue um especially when it comes down to ads and practices around (laughs) well we've got to put you on a waiting list etc etc anyway but that's not the question here is Rolex really worth the money. Um, I think any watch, if it's going to be that one watch, and you you expect to have it, or one of just a few watches, and you expect to have it for a lifetime, I think that if you if you pay up front once, um, it's uh, it's a it's a good investment because it will last you the years of hell that you'll probably put the watch through over that period of time. Um, and we won't get into the servicing <laughs> at this point, I mean, very few Rolex sales people will, will ever talk about servicing and servicing costs when they're trying to sell a brand new watch. Um, oh man, yeah. But yeah. That's, a, that's, a, that's a whole other podcast here, I think. Don't you think? No, don't get me started.
1: <laughs> don't get me started. So if you were a billionaire, you'd have a Rolex yeah. new collection.
0: But our next question kind of kind of uh, goes into that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Why does a watch service <laughs> cost so much? Or why is it so expensive? Um, yeah. Well, what are your thoughts? I mean, in answering that. Okay. Question? Okay. Okay. It
1: is expensive because I mean, what we do is so specific as like just just as like work in general. I think it's a very niche job to get into. Like you don't see watchmakers like Starbucks is how they're on, like at least on every street. Right. So I mean, the knowledge that we have and that we like went to school for and everything, I feel like you can't just go to anyone. Like you have these, what what would you call them? So you have watchmakers and you have um, watch technicians. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah, yeah. technicians. Technicians and watchmakers are completely different um, in a way how they can't service watches. They probably just do batteries and stuff, but watchmakers, we put in the time to go to school and this is learn how to disassemble a watch, clean the watch properly, assemble the watch with correct oils, how and them make parts. how to even make parts down to yeah. that? Yeah, because like uh, micro mechanics, that's a yeah, that's a huge thing. Um, also, it it takes kind of a long time to service a watch. Yeah, it it really does. I mean. If you're doing like a intricate chronograph, that could maybe take like an entire what? If you're going slower,
0: like a, a couple, like a, a day,
2: mm-hmm. honestly.
0: And then there's testing and then readjustments yeah. if if things aren't quite right. So yeah, that yeah. that service could could spread the course of a week quite easily. Oh yeah, uh, from from start to finish, if not a little bit more than mm-hmm. I think. Um, I think yeah you bring up some really really good points now going to school i think this is the um this is the the key thing here is that when you go to school and you you do this, you pass the tests because yes, there are exams and stuff like that too. Uh, it just like just like going to university or doing any any kind of specific course uh, or program, you're gonna you're gonna have to do that. Um, but you also have to go through a period of. Learning after that. In fact, I think watchmakers are constantly learning. This is mm-hmm. this is one thing that that attracted me to this uh, trade um, was because you you're going to get so many curveballs thrown at you, and every single time, every single time you you service a watch, there probably will be something different about it. Mm. There there will be a challenge. There will be there will be this and that. So. You know, it's those kinds of things that, that crop up. Um, take um, take time to actually understand time of having worked with different movements. So, yeah. I mean, you can you can get a Rolex service down pat really quickly, blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But you know, that's great only if you're servicing that one particular movement. The moment a watchmaker. Is thrown a myriad of different movements that they actually have to have knowledge about mm-hmm. to be able to effectively do that service. I mean, that's all time. That's all knowledge, and knowledge is 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 key here. I think in in. Um, in answering that question too, it's like it isn't just school. I think it's 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 everything you learn afterwards too, and that that um, that's the thing. The thing um, the thing that bugs me too about this uh, about this question is, you know, when we're actually estimating the launch. Um, the uh, we have to estimate for parts, and parts can be really, really expensive, of course. Yeah, you and I have both seen recently certain suppliers that we go to charging yes. ridiculous amounts of money for parts way too much. And way I mean, when I go down to my local mechanic and um, and I, I say to him. Here's my car. It's got a problem. Can you, can you, can you fix it for me? And he comes back. Now, granted, I have a Land Rover, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and you know it's uh, right-hand drive. But I'll often say to him, "It's okay. I've got my sources for parts." And he'll turn round to me and say, "But hang on a second. That is a way that I can actually earn money as well." Right. And I think that's that brings up a very a very good point. But when our suppliers start to charge us ridiculous amounts of money for things, yeah, right. We can't. We we are a business. We can't be giving those things away at cost. We have to earn something out of it of because course. we've yeah. paid. We've paid for postage. There's time involved in actually researching the part, getting on the phone, doing all of that. Yeah, with uh, with these things, and this is a pet peeve. Now I know we will be doing. <laughs> we will be doing a podcast on pet peeves in the, in the near future, but this is, this is one. And I think it isn't just the watchmaker that makes the, um, the, uh, a potential service so expensive. It's also the cost of parts, uh, that it's costing us. And I wish that there was something that we could do more to change that. Um, especially when it comes around to, um, uh, trying to gain parts for common brands like Swatch Group brands mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, um, it starts going into a different realm. Yeah, yeah. scary realm. It, yeah, <laughs> it really is. Uh, sorry to, to hash on that for, for, for so long, but huh? um, but that is the thing. There's there's a lot of factors here that that, that make uh, servicing expensive. One thing we didn't actually talk about though. Were the tools that were involved? Oh my! (laughs) Okay, (laughs) yeah, that's a huge so. uh, Bring it on! You tell you tell our listeners about this because I've spoken too much.
1: (laughs) The tools that are needed for a watch service, okay, it is like you you have to buy the best quality tools. You can't really... I've never never really wanted to get away with cheap quality tools because something can go wrong. I don't... I'm always telling you this. I don't like it when my life is difficult. So I like things running (laughs) smoothly as I possibly can. But the tools that I'm sure you've purchased and the tools that I've acquired are not cheap by any means. Tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah, Yeah. it's insane. I mean, for me personally, when I was at watchmaking school, um, we were given hand levers, but I didn't really like my hand levers that I was given. So I decided to purchase new hand levers. And they're bourgeois. So right off the bat, you know you're paying like quadruple the price. Yeah. But I mean, there's a specific situation where you have to use the hand levers that I purchased as opposed to a different set of hand levers. Right.
0: Yeah. And just just to clarify that, these this is a tool just purely <laughs> for removing hands uh, off of the watch, yeah, off, or, or, uh, without damaging the dial. Yes. That's, <laughs> that's the, the key. <laughs> yeah, that's the, the key. key. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so uh, that that's one instance. But on top of that there's a specialist tool Somewhere in in the in the middle of a service, depending on the um, caliber or brand of watch. Oh yeah. The yeah. Movement that you're actually servicing. So a really good example of that is um, Rolex and their microstellar adjustment screws that are on oh, the balance for, a- for timing. Yeah. That is that is a, a, a specialized tool mm-hmm. um, just for adjusting timing uh on on that particular watch. Yeah. If you don't have that tool, you cannot adjust oh, the yeah, timing. No, yeah. Nothing. And if you do, you're going to be damaging if you try to do it without that tool, you're going to be damaging <laughs> that timing nut which is taking metal huh? off, off of the balance. Oh god help you. And oh, then all of a sudden you have a poise error and uh You know we can talk about we can talk about poise errors uh, later but you know this this, these are key things it's like even from the simplest of tools from good tweezers oh yeah of course um good uh screwdrivers Mm -hmm. even screwdriver blades are expensive uh, when you need to get to that to, to, to that point of replacing a screwdriver blade so there, there's a huge huge cost um, in this timing machines um, uh, special tools for opening up case packs cleaning um, machine a cleaning machine, cl- a cleaning <laughs> machine as, uh, as as we found out as we will have a new cleaning machine in here in the next uh, couple of weeks that we'll probably talk about on another podcast too huge huge Expensive. I mean yeah. you can buy a car uh, for the cleaning machine. So 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 these are the things. And that's that's without talking about overheads for rents and, and oh. running a business and, and and stuff like that. So this is this is why. And uh, we try we we try to balance that every single time with, mm-hmm. with regard to a service, knowing that that there will be potentially sticker shock yeah. but and this goes back to the last question if i think if um, salespeople did a really good job of informing people at the time when they actually purchase a watch what what a commitment is to this yeah. uh, to this watch for being having its service because if you don't service it, you're in for a bigger bill at some point. <laughs> when the watch eventually just won't run anymore. Yeah. So, so these are the things, and I, I, I think that that's uh, that's something that uh, people need to keep in mind too, uh, with all of that.
1: Yeah. Even if you put away like, because you're supposed to roughly service the watch every six years, right? Yeah, roughly. But yeah. Put away a, a dollar a day, and six years you'll have way more money than. Yeah. You need to serve as a watch. Exactly. Yeah. Instead of having three Starbucks a day, <laughs> maybe you have just, like half. Just, just two, two of them. <laughs> yeah, just, just two, two and a of them. A half.
0: <laughs> An yeah. espresso shot in the morning and then two lattes. How about that? Yeah. And then put the rest of the money aside. That's, I think, the, the, the key thing here. So the next question <laughs> this one comes up a huge amount. Yeah. And, and it never ceases. Uh, to amaze me at all how many times this actually comes up. So we'll have a customer come in with their watch and and say, hey, I've, I've really noticed my, 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 my watch isn't keeping time at all. Um, it's like gaining 20 seconds a week. Can you adjust it? That's where I go crazy. <laughs> and you see, I think, I think the thing here is is that the, the simple division calculation of this uh, yeah. for when you're calculating what 20 seconds a week is <laughs> or 30 seconds or 40 seconds a week yeah it's really interesting now i'm going to preface this uh, as as you know <laughs> that it really is watch dependent right yes yeah that's fair that's fair. yeah some watches are chronometers and and are designed to to have um, very very tight timekeeping tolerances. Yes. Um, others not so much. Not so much. And that right? you know what?
1: that's uh, that's okay. It's all
0: dependent on the watch, right? Yeah. 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 And and I don't think that really there's a lot of a lot of uh, information out there. When when actually somebody is buying a watch, no, that actually tells the difference between well, if you and I'm I'm not trying to (laughs) I'm not trying to harp on Seiko or anything, (laughs) but (laughs) but but, you know there's a there's a difference between a standard run of the mill Seiko movement from the seventies, yeah. Uh, to um, a Rolex movement that, or an Omega movement that has gone, that has been designed to keep incredible time tolerances, and has been tested for such as uh, as them being a chronometer, oh, superlative chronometer, master chronometer, blah blah blah, that, that, that we've, all, <laughs> we've all gone through. Twenty seconds a week, though. Right. Mm-hmm. There's seven days a week. <laughs> seven. Yes, seven days a week. Yes. So really, when you think about it, you know, a couple seconds a day, t- t- two, three. Yeah. I, you, you know what? You're not you're, doing too bad. You're
1: you're sitting pretty. You're really <laughs> sitting
0: pretty. I think. I think that's good. Yeah. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, exactly. But it's it's the question, can you adjust it? Can it be made to be better than that at that point? And again, that, oh, man. that's a that's a good question that, that you could answer there. Can it be made better?
1: I mean Yes. But would you want to take on that responsibility? That, that was a yes in air. <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> was, yeah, that was a yes in air quotes <laughs> big time. It's just you don't need to. Yeah, you that's a, that's a whole other point
0: there, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. Why? Exactly. I mean, are you going to be 2.8 seconds late for your meeting on Monday morning? I mean, I,
0: I think it would be okay. I think that's all right. Yeah, yeah, I think I, I think so too. I mean, if a watch is 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 doing ridiculous things, like gaining a huge amount, mm, there are other issues that need to be that need to be looked at of right? course yeah and um you know maybe there's magnetism involved maybe it's yeah. uh, maybe it just needs servicing anyway but but generally speaking i think uh, we can we can safely say that you know uh divide divide the the, the, the amount that your watches out by seven days and sit back first and think about it Right? I think that's the only, the only... Um... Oh, so I, I've
1: i got to say, because I see these apps on phones that are like, hey, <laughs> we can tell you how fast your watch is going. And I'm like, no, I don't trust it. I, I, I just don't. I'd rather you ha- come into the shop or something. Let us put it on the timing machine and really see what it's at. Indeed. Yeah
0: because there's a couple of there, there's a couple of things with that, right <laughs> there's is a, that there's a lot. if if you're if it, some of these apps require you to use your microphone from from your your uh your headphones, headphones yeah. right to listen to it. but what most most I think what most people don't understand is that there's positional error that uh, that goes on uh, with watches yeah. and when they're actually placing the watch on a table they're only measuring the time in one position yeah. right which doesn't give uh, a really good idea mm. of overall fitness timing fitness of that oh of gosh that no, no yeah
1: because so, there's uh, there's Test in six different
0: positions, right? Yeah. So just because you can buy or or, or download an app that will tell you <laughs> the timing of your watch, it, it doesn't mean to say that you really should, because again, it, it goes back to education and judgment and knowledge over, over years, uh, that, that really helps us to understand what's going on with the mm-hmm. watch, etc. Uh, etc. Et so so that that's it. Um next one. Uh can you polish the scratches out of my crystal? And it's glass, by the way. Yes, it is glass. Uh, you know what? No. <laughs> I don't I don't think you really can. There are some kits out there. That, that, <laughs> some but more often more often than not, scratches are really quite deep when they go into mineral glass. Yeah. yeah. And um and they can't be we, it's it's just more cost effective just to replace them. yes yeah 100% and it's not too hard to do that
1: no no it's not too bad we do I, well, I do it most of the time for like mods and stuff like that exactly people love replacing out those crystals and wanting to put uh, anti-reflective coatings make sure that your watch has that so it has that nice like blue
0: glare or yeah. something like that it, but no you can't you can't do that with the with glass and much less sapphire.
1: Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, when your sapphire, when the AR coating on the sapphire is uh, is starting to like bleed, or you see little spots here and there, you can't really polish that out either.
0: No, no. We've actually done experiments with that to uh, actually try and remove the reflect anti-reflective coating. Yeah, from it. Uh, Completely, just to uh, just just so that you know the watch doesn't look uh, the watch crystal doesn't look spotty anymore. And I tell you, it is almost impossible to 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 take that off. Yeah. So uh, no, at that point, that's a that's a crystal replacement too. Mm -hmm. So sorry, sorry, folks. When it comes down to glass crystals, no, you can't now plastic crystals or Hesolite oh yeah um, absolutely you can you can pick up uh, a product um, that, that we have uh, that we have called mm. Polywatch yeah it's a little bit of a a, a cream uh, that you can you can just put a little drop on the crystal use your your fingertip with uh, with some wadding over the top and just gently rub it and it will remove um, those those uh, light, yeah, light, light scratches, scratches. Yeah. or you can bring the crystal into us, and if it's got something a little bit deeper, we can actually have at it and polish it, <laughs> polish it out um, m- mechanically. So, so that's the other thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the next one? Uh,
1: why do you want to change, or oh, charge me for cleaning my watch case when all I want is a battery change?
0: Dun dun dun, dun dun, dun. Oh, man. Okay, people. So if you haven't seen our Toxic Tuesday posts, <laughs> you really should yeah. go onto Instagram and take a look at the highlight reels that we've got there and just take a look. <laughs> I think uh, COVID, COVID's real, right? Uh, you, you know what?
1: I, I'm like 100% sure
0: about that. Co- yeah, COVID, COVID is real. It is real. And even before COVID, I mean, there's there's things. There's things. There's those crazy crawlies. Those, those <laughs> things. Um, so, yeah. It, it, so, as watchmakers, and we see this all the time, you know what? Especially now with COVID. Because there's risk of transmission, mm-hmm. right? COVID actually being on um, a case or bracelet yep. from a person that's infected, mm-hmm. even if they know or don't know. Um, but but there's also uh, the fact that there's a lot of soap. That people are using these days oh yeah hand sanitizers and everything like that yeah and you see yeah. the thing the thing with that is is that that gets mixed when you when you're washing your hands each day uh and you're wearing your watch that soap and stuff like that the is lugging. getting up around yeah. the uh, crown it's getting all around the case back the lugs mm-hmm. and that that stuff Almost said the S word. I came, <laughs> I came really close, but I, I held it back. It um, it it hardens. Ugh. It becomes a crust. It yeah. becomes very very crusty. Yeah, no, I'm okay. Gets into the links and stuff like that. And as watchmakers, we're touching that, right? <laughs> so you know, sometimes it 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 becomes. It, it becomes important before we can even start to open the case back to prevent stuff from falling in when we've opened up a watch yeah. that we've already got to start uh, cleaning it uh, to be able to do that battery change or whatever needs to be done uh, oh
1: yeah you're wiping that stuff down immediate, immediately with the uh, anti-disinfectant wipes yeah. immediately before you start exactly. anything
0: and uh, and then you know it's like you know this stuff can can stay you, your watch can become can be toxic for, for quite some time so you know it's it's always good to, to try and, and be as uh, um um hygiene conscious about with your watch um as much as you can because it's 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 hard for us um yeah, you know, and it ultimately then will be easier for you, and you won't you won't have to have that that extra charge. Now we just don't go ahead and, and charge it, but we do quote for doing that to clean it. Um, but then when when we do do it, the reactions that we get are pretty cool. Right? Oh, they're amazing! <laughs> they're like, "What you
1: what you do with my watch? Is this the same watch?"
0: It's just like, yeah, it just needed a good clean. Yeah, yeah. So uh, so one really good indicator uh friends out there if uh, you know you start to to realize there's a strange odor around you it might be coming from your watch either the strap or the bracelet the case and stuff like that it it will need some kind of cleaning yeah yeah If you see black on the case back,
1: maybe it's time to get it cleaned. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm going to skip a question here and go off to to another question. What do all the numbers mean on the timing machine? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, we do like to show customers when they come in with their watches of course. Uh, what their watch is doing. So we bring them around to the bench and, and put the watch on the timing machine. So have at it, you Kino. Tell our <laughs> friends out there what they all me. Oh, doing? man. Okay.
1: So I mean, from a timing machine, I mean, I feel like there's three, the three numbers that two numbers that I feel that the customer should know probably like about best is the amplitude number and the seconds a day, just for, just for their knowledge sake. Um, so I'm not over here rambling about like lift angle or beat error or anything like that. Um, seconds a day, you all know that, you're familiar with the, oh my gosh, my watch is running 20 seconds a week. No, 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 that's okay, that's okay. But it breaks it down into seconds a day. So it would be, throw a watch on the timing machine and you'd probably see it at like, well, you'd probably see it at anything, honestly. I mean, it can be, I've seen watches from two seconds a day all the way up to magnetized stuff that say 900. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yes. I can explain that to you, um, what that means. That just means your watch is running really fast or it can be in the negatives of like, minus 15 or something. And your watch is running 15 seconds slow a day. So that's one thing I like to tell them. And then the amplitude number. For the amplitude number, I'd say when you're winding your watch or if you have an automatic watch where your mainspring has been coiled up, um, amplitude is basically how easy it is for the energy transfer of the mainspring to go through the gear train, through the escapement and to the balance, just to see how easy that flow of energy is, basically. Um, if you have like a higher number, like, let's say after service, you should be seeing any anything up from like, what,
0: 290 plus, yeah, on all the watches, it may be a, uh, it may be less. Oh, of course, yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um,
1: but when I if, I if I were to stick like a a watch on a timing machine and it was around like 290, I'd be like, you know what, your watch in two positions only, not the other four, because when you're testing a watch, you're doing it in usually five or six positions. Um, so if I see it in dial up and dial down positions, those are the two that I'm talking about um if i see like 290 I'm, I'm pretty happy with that that's not bad if it's above 300
2: you're
1: i'm a happy man too <laughs> yeah. um but if you see anything lower than like Around, I'd say like 275, maybe Just a little bit, yeah, around that number in the dial position, in the dial positions. Yeah. I'd
0: probably say there's issues. There's issues. Yeah, there's issues. There's issues. Yeah. yeah. That, that, that could be almost anything. Yeah. That, that's, that's a good point. The, um, um, positional error when looking at these when we are testing the watches and we do show customers that going from a dial position which is like laying your watch flat out on a table to if you were wearing a watch and it's on your wrist and you're you're standing with your hand uh, down by the side of your leg um, very different very different readings um, that you're going to be getting from that but ultimately that i think um, Kino's absolutely right. The the um, it, It's a really good indicator of the health of the watch with regard to how much power is actually getting through to the balance mm-hmm. and how much of an impulse it's able to give it to keep it, the, the, it being the, the, the balance, the rotating healthily uh, at a nice, healthy, strong angle. Um, as lubricants uh, diminish, um, it's going to be a little bit uh, harder probably for uh, for that transmission there's going to be more friction so mm-hmm. your balance won't be won't be um, driven as as hard as it really needs to be yeah. um, so I think that that's it too i will get into one thing though, which is uh, beat error um that is a that is another thing that we do see of uh, and point out to customers uh which is the tick and the tock of the watch um so what what we like to see it's it's hard to visualize here but it's a nice flat straight line yeah um a single line um uh, on the on 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 the timing machine. Um, if you if we see two lines, that means that there's a time difference between the tick and the tock. So if you were to, to draw tick and tock out on the table and then put <laughs> a, a centre line between the tick and the tock, um, it would mean that if there's if there's a um, uh, Lines showing up that that's the that between the center line and the tick, and the center line and the top, that there's they're not equal. That time mm-hmm. going through, just like on a pendulum on a clock, yeah. is not even. That can be caused by people that wear their watches, mechanical watches, um, while playing golf, yeah, while going to the range shooting. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, um, big time, yeah. While perhaps riding a, a bicycle off-road, um, so there's a, a huge amount of vibration um, that can cause that. But that can also be that can also cause a timing issue in the watch. Huge. Um, yeah. So it is a it is a factor. So those are the those are the the, the key things I think. So it's the beat error, mm-hmm. uh, the amplitude. And seconds, the seconds per day, day. Yeah. the actual rate of the watch. Yeah, because that be there. That can, that can totally ruin your amplitude and your timing. Like yeah. A ton oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um. Next one. <laughs> Should I get a watch wind up? Ah, we get this a lot. We really do because we do sell watch winders. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it is a very good question because there is a thing called watch winder abuse. I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Kino. <laughs> get that one out of the park. Let's <laughs> let's clear this one up.
1: Should I get a watch winder? I mean, lots of factors. Yeah. <laughs> lots lots of factors. If you're gonna, this is not something that you can really just buy a a cheap watch winder. Um, I think the biggest thing for me is that the watch winder would have to go, it would have to wind the watch both directions and also stop for some time. So it doesn't constantly have that strain on the automatic, because if, If you just keep going and going and going, your watch is never stopping. So it's just constant wear. Uh, I'm not a big fan of them. I mean, but, you know, if you have a small collection and um, you wear your entire collection, like one after the other, um, maybe it's not a bad idea to grab a watchwinder if you want it to be on time and have the date correctly set all the time. But um, personally, I don't. I don't see the uh, appeal in watchwinders just for the fact that there have been so many watchwinder abuses that. Um, it's maybe not the best thing to get because you forget about it if they're in there and you just you don't think about it
0: really yeah yeah i think you know a watch wind is good for for watches that, that don't wind easily through the crown so okay. it's like there are some, some early Seikos where you can't just... Oh, you can't wind them. You can't wind them. That's right. You've got yeah. to shake them. <laughs> You've, got, you know. <laughs> You've got to wear it. And that 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 that, that, it, that isn't really effective um, for <laughs> people if they've taken the watch off over, over the weekend or something and go, go to put it on on a Monday or a Tuesday mm-hmm. morning and the watch has stopped and they... Got to reset it, which is fine, but yeah, to actually no get it going so it will keep any <laughs> any normal timekeeping would require an but yeah, an amount of time to to actually shake it to get it going. So so that I think that that's a key thing. Um, But um, yeah, I think most modern watches, you can wind by hand, automatic watches, you can wind by hand. So a watch winder doesn't help in any way for a manual wind watch. No, no. (laughs) So (laughs) so we'll put that out there to to, to clarify that. Yes. Um, It's purely for automatic watches. But if you have the ability to be able to wind your watch yourself, that's great. Yeah, um, wind your watch yourself. You're in tune with it, I think, uh, and and that's a good thing. If if you have um, arthritis and stuff like that, where getting hold of the crown to to to, to turn it is painful or, or is just problematic, get a watch finder because ultimately it'll make your life better if you or if you haven't uh, worn your worn your watch for a while. So I think the moral of, of uh, in in the art. Answer to this question is um, who knows. <laughs> <laughs> case by case. Case by case. you yeah. Yeah. Um, go. Watch winders uh, can be very handy, but they can also cause damage too. So you just need to keep that in mind. Yeah. Um, okay. What else? Is it okay to change the battery myself in my watch? That's a good question. We hear this an awful lot. Ah. Um, Yeah. I guess, again, that goes into the realm of that depends.
1: That depends. (laughs) How much you know.
0: Yeah, how much you know and how clean your environment is and how clean your watch is. And how tricky you.
1: Your watch is because they have those fake threads on the case back. Yeah, gotta be careful for that. So, so it's really a uh, like a pressure fit as opposed to a threaded case back, and uh, yeah, you can do a lot of
0: damage there. Yeah. So I guess that's the thing. Um, if if you're going to invest in the right tools, um, then uh, to to prevent yourself from damaging back Mm -hmm. uh while taking it off i mean that that's a thing so i'd say if you have invested sure go for it the other thing is is being aware of what is actually going on inside (laughs) of the uh, uh, of the watch Mm -hmm. um because um when we were discussing this before the uh before we actually start recording the podcast um One thing Kino brought up, which was a really, really good point, watch manufacturers just seem to place the watch coil in the the movement very, very, very close to where you would actually be prying off a back if it is a a pressure back, Uh, which if you slip and your knife or tool goes into the movement at that point, (laughs) chances are it's going to end up somewhere near the coil and perhaps even making contact with it and once the coil has been touched, chances are that the coil itself, mm-hmm. the, um, the wire will be broken and then no, you your the- watch is not gonna work yeah. and at yeah. that point, it's, it's, done. Uh, it's, it's done. So getting into the watch is one thing, <laughs> having the right tools for that, making sure your environment and the, the, the case is clean before going into it, that's another yes. thing. Because debris will get inside, and guaranteed that debris will stop a watch. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, seen it yeah. before. And um, and then the other thing, the last part is if you've got that far and, and you've got <laughs> the case back off, are you able to get it back on again? Because I can't tell you the number of times that, that we've had customers coming in with a, with their their watch in a ziploc bag with yeah. the case back off of it jangling around with the with the <laughs> with exposed. the movement exposed uh, going i can't get my case back on yeah. because it's a pressure fit and those some oh. some pres- pressure fit case backs are just a devil to get yeah, back on the worst even we have difficulty sometimes so the average person it will become near impossible <laughs> to to get back on especially without damaging the case back so be very careful if you know what you're doing go for it if you don't bring it into somebody that that really does know what they're doing and can mm-hmm. be careful with it all right and i think the big one i don't know if this is more of a, a question uh, or more of a <laughs> statement <laughs> I think I've overwhelmed my watch, can you help? Uh, yes. So Kino, yes, go for yes,
1: it. Yes, we can
0: help. Um, this well, is a grand finale. Yeah, first
1: thing, uh, you can't overwind your watch. That's not a thing. No. It, it's not a thing at all. Um, I mean, there's two types of mainsprings, right? There's an automatic mainspring and a manual line mainspring. Um, for the automatic, uh, it just the mainspring itself has a bridle in it mm-hmm. that just keeps on slipping and slipping and slipping inside the barrel, so you can never really overwind it at all. But in a manual watch, you can wind your you can wind your watch, but the moment you feel resistance. It's it's fully wound. It's fully wound.
0: Just uh, stop there. (laughs) So if you do have a manual wind watch and you're able to just keep turning (laughs) the the crown, the winder, on it forever, your mainspring's broken. Uh, That's just metal fatigue. And... uh, yeah, so then you have to bring it into us and we have to replace the mainspring in it. Um, but you can't actually no, you can't actually overwind the watch. The the going back to the watch winder thing though, you know, if you're talking about over overwinding, um, you can <clears> that you can then start to think about winder abuse where yes. your watch is constantly tumbling on the uh, on the winder which is uh, which is causing wear on the automatic mechanism, so that's overwinding in a different way. In the sense that, uh, yeah, if you if you leave your watch tumbling, you are causing untold wear on uh, on on that module part of the uh, of your watch, mm-hmm. and when you go to get it serviced. Parts are probably gonna need replacing. A lot of parts. Yes. And a lot of parts. And going back to the other question, <laughs> yeah. those parts can be rather expensive. Oh yes, yes, they can. <laughs> so so there we go, folks. Um, those those are our top ten uh, top ten frequently asked questions that we get here. If if you've got questions that have not been answered uh, in in this, we'd love to hear it. Please uh, send us a, a, a direct message on Instagram or something like that. That's yeah. that's always good, uh, a good way to, to to reach us with your questions. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll love to to answer them or include them in in, in another podcast okay. in some way. Yeah, I'm happy. and uh, yeah, think th- this. Thank you um, all for, for listening to us rant and rave and, and uh, go on and on and on today about uh, about this. This is uh, this is good. Yeah, big time. This is great. So this has been the Rolled Off Cafe. Thank you very much for joining us for this episode. And we really, really look forward to you hearing our next one. Yes. <laughs> I'm Jason. I'm Kino.
2: And have a safe week.